Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I will be talking about Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert, her first YA novel. Now, I have episodes, I think, about all three of her Brown sisters' books. Actually, do I have one about Chloe Brown? I'm not sure, but I know I have one for Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and At Your Age, Eve Brown. Not sure if I have one for Get a Life, Chloe Brown. I actually don't think I do, although I think that one's actually my favorite in the series. Anyways, so I'm a big fan of Talia Hibbert. I loved her Brown sister series, and so I was excited for her new book. It took her actually quite a while to come out with it compared to how quickly the Brown Sister books came out. But this is a YA contemporary. It is uh, about two high school students who used to be best friends, but now they're enemies. And they both sign up for this program that makes them go camping in the woods. And um, that is what it was about. I have a lot of conflicting feelings about this book. I definitely prefer Talia Hibbert's adult romances, and I didn't dislike this book. I did enjoy it, but I have a lot of feelings that I can't quite sort out in myself, so you all are going to do that with me today, and so I'll be telling you more about that in the discussion section, but before we get into the plot summary, I must issue two things. First, a spoiler warning. If you don't want highly suspicious and unfairly cute to be spoiled, stop here, Go read the book. If you like YA, I would recommend it. If you like Talia Hibbert, then you want to support her, I would recommend it. If you don't like YA, I would skip this and just go read her adult romances instead. Um, and then the other thing is a trigger warning. Our main character, Brad, has OCD. And so you do get a very... You're inside his head, right? So we're getting a lot of description about um, living with OCD. So if that is triggering for you, then um, just be aware that that is something that is in this book. So with that, with that, let's get into the plot summary. So I've already told you, so the main two characters are Brad and Celine. They are both black British people going to board, not boarding school, just, you know, high school, except Britain is so confusing to me as an American. Um, how their high school works and grades and that you like don't have to take English class all four years, except I don't think high school, I don't really understand how their school system works, but whatever. So the two of them used to be best friends. Now they're enemies. Um, their moms are still best friends though. So they hear about each other all the time. Brad, like I said, has OCD and he is a footballer. So he plays soccer for us Americans and he's popular. And Celine is not popular. She has a conspiracy theory slash science TikTok, which I'm going to talk more about because that was very confusing to me because she both believes in, oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Um, she believes in aliens and also vaccines. So she, so like, I think we're told that part to make us believe that Celine believes in science, but then you hear her talk about some of her conspiracy theories and I just have questions, but I'm going to talk about that later on. So anyway, so she is that. She's not very popular. She also is very much like a feral cat character, which I've just coined the term for. She's very grumpy and kind of mean, but like if she loves you and she like is your friend, she's like fiercely defends you or, or like if you're family or whatever. So like I actually really like that character type. Did it work with Celine? Not for me. But I do like that character type for other characters. So I don't know. But anyways, 
So, and then the other thing about Celine is that her dad left the family. Um, when she was nine, her dad divorced her mom to go be with this other woman and have a like new family with her. And since then, he hasn't seen his children. So basically, at the beginning of the book, Celine finds out about this program called like, it's called BEP. I don't really remember what the like, what it stood for that's being run by like this lawyer that she's obsessed with that is like a really cool like, she does, I don't know, I don't, like, um, kind of like human rights law, where she, or civil, basically, she's a, like a humanitarian lawyer who, like, goes against the oil companies and the this and the that, right? So, she's, like, you know, doing the, doing the Lord's work. Anyways, and if you apply and you get in the program, like, then it opens a lot of doors, and the three top scorers get a full-ride scholarship to any university of their choice. And Brad and Celine are both in the, their final year of, of high school, but it's not called high school. And it's also not called secondary school because secondary school is middle school in Britain, I think. I don't know. Very confusing. So anyways, but at the beginning of the book, um, Brad and Celine are basically like sent to detention because they were fighting during class. And Celine like trips and Brad catches her, but then like lets her go and she falls and breaks her arm. And Brad feels really bad about it, so he drives her to this meeting for the program, and then he ends up deciding he's going to apply as well. He wants the scholarship so he can use the money that his parents would have put towards his education to um, live in an off-campus apartment. Because of his OCD, he doesn't want to live with a messy roommate in a small dorm, which I get. Um, so anyway, so the, they both apply and they just get in. And then we skip to the, there's two different expeditions. There's like the first one and then there's like the later one that's like more important. So they go to this first one. They make friends with a few different people there. Celine is like surprised that she makes friends, but it feels very much like camp vibes. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever gone to camp and you've either gone by yourself or with just like one other person and you end up becoming best friends with somebody um, just because it's like such a short but intense period of time, like whether that be like a religious summer camp or I did a three-week like trip in Europe with a bunch of people I didn't know at all and I became really close with two different girls from that. And so I just think it's very much like camp vibes where not like camp, like camp, but like summer camp where you just like because of the situation, you just become close with people really quickly because of like the intense emotional and like go 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 nature of it I don't know so anyway so they become friends and then on the on this trip Brad and Celine decide okay we're actually going to be like legit friends um now like they're like we'll call it truce and then when they get back they decide let's be friends but then at some point they kiss I don't remember why Celine like goes to Brad's house oh because they like fought at school for like a, it's kind of irrelevant but anyways so she goes there and then they end up kissing and then Brad is like then um brad's younger brother like calls them out and they go downstairs to talk to his dad and then celine leaves and the dad's like i don't think you should be dating celine because you guys are not going to the same university because brad's like applying to places in the middle of england um and then celine wants to go to cambridge um so apparently those are not close together i don't really know that much about um british geography but you know anyways so then brad's like i'll do what i want dad and he runs after Celine and Celine's like, no, we shouldn't date. And Brad's like, well, we could just be like make out friends. I think he literally calls it that. And she's like, okay, so they're basically like friends with benefits, but the benefits are just making out. They don't go any further than that. 
And then they, uh, then they like we're in December, and they're going to get their scores and talk to Catherine, the leader of the BEP, about like how they did at the first ex- exhibition. But something I forgot to mention is that Celine's dad. He is a lawyer and his company is one of the main sponsors of this program. So as she's going in for her meeting, her dad's coming out and like it's very emotional. And um, then like Brad does his and then afterwards they like are talking and Celine cries and is like very upset about the whole thing. And then um, Brad like asks to like Maybe they become makeout friends now at this point. Okay. So originally they were just like, no, we'll just be friends. And then here at this point, Brad kisses her. And then now they become makeout friends. Um, and then also something you need to know is that the two of them are both like saying at this point that they're going to be lawyers. Celine, even though she admires Catherine's work more, wants to be a corporate lawyer because her whole plan is that she's going to do the same exact job as her dad, but become better and like go to a better school and get better grades and be a, and get a better job and just be better than him and kind of like rub it in his face. Whereas Brad is like, I guess I'll go be a lawyer because my dad's a lawyer. And all he really wants to do is he wants to become a sci-fi slash fantasy, I think sci-fi writer, but he can't finish a book. And so he's like, my writing sucks. So I guess I'll just go do this. So anyways, they talk about those things. Brad's like, you should talk to your mom about it. And also, I don't think like, doing this thing to rub it in your dad's face is a good idea. And Selena's like, I'll do what I want. So anyways, now we fast forward um, through some other stuff and we get to the final expedition. So it's going really well, like all this different stuff. And then Brad is like, you know what? I can't hold it in anymore. I'm going to tell Celine that we should legit date. Both of them have had realizations on their own that they're in love with each other, but like, you know, haven't confessed. And so Brad like finds Celine at the top of this hill and it's like, we need to talk. And Celine thinks that he's going to break up with her. So she does it first. So Brad like runs away. And Celine then starts running after him because she's like, why did I just sabotage my life? Because there's this whole thing throughout the running thing throughout the book where Celine like sabotages herself. And um, Brad trips and falls down this hill and like fractures his ribs and gets concussed. So he is taken out of the expedition. And Celine like can't really focus. And anyway, so then she goes to see him when she gets back and apologizes and says that she's in love with him and he's like I'm also in love with you but before that her mom shows up and she ends up telling her mom everything and her mom's like oh my god like it's okay I'll make it so your dad doesn't go to this ball at the end so you can go and enjoy it like I'm sorry and then Celine's like I think I need therapy and I'm like yeah I think you do need therapy um and then she goes to see brad and then they decide to legit date and brad confesses to his parents in the er when he's concussed and like they come to see him after the whole thing that um he doesn't want to be a lawyer he wants to be a writer and he actually applied to university for the english programs not for the law programs which is also like wild as an american because in the u.s you can't just like after you graduate just like go be a go to law school immediately you have to do undergrad first so so all very wild stuff. Anyways, then they go to the ball and Celine does not win the scholarship, but she does get an internship offer from Catherine and Brad does win the scholarship and then the end. So that was the book. I think I did a fabulous job doing a pretty quick plot summary and that is because there's not that much going on in this book. So let's get into it. Let's first start with some of the very positive parts of this and the and that is that I love Talia Hibbert's joyful representation. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I talked about this, I think, with the Danny Brown book that like a lot of times, especially that book came out like 
right after sort of George Floyd happened and we were like doing a lot of, everybody was doing a lot of reading, right? And about race and racism and anti-racism and all this different stuff, which is great. But all of the books that were also being published and people were pushing like um, The Vanishing Half were all, they were about black people, but they were all about like oppression and racism and like very depressing things to read about. And I remember thinking like, why can't I just read a book where the main character is black, but it's just like fun. Like they, they it's like what you would read about in a YA white contemporary but the main character is just black instead and we're not like having this whole thing about oppression. That is what reading a Talia Hibbert book is like. All of the main leads in these books that I've read, of the four that I've read, are all black plus size women and it's not a big deal. It's just who they are and you get some of like their culture and like just like they all like have like, I don't know what I'm saying, but you get good representation and it's happy. Yeah, there are bad things that happen in these different books, but also it's not because of just racism. And so I think that's great. And there should be more books like that out there in the world. And I've heard a lot of other people talk about this sort of thing as well. Um, that, yeah, let's get, a, let's publish more books by black authors and about black characters, but let's not make them all about racism. I don't know. Just a thought. But anyways, you have that. But then also on top of that, these books have a lot of other really interesting and good representation. This book, um, why am I blanking? Brad, okay. In this book, Brad has OCD. He's also bisexual, which is like, I don't want to call it funny, but like the way that Brad is like written, the way he speaks, he's just like, all of a sudden he'll just be like looking at this man and be like, wow, this man's so hot. And then I'll be looking at Selena and be like, wow, Selena's so hot. Anyways, it was just fun bisexual representation that I enjoyed a lot. Um, so in this book, you have that. But then in the Brown Sisters series, so we all, the sisters are all black. And then they're all in interracial relationships, which is really interesting. And then in the first book, you've got um, chronic, like chronic pain. In the second book, you've got um, anxiety and also bisexuality being represented. And in the third book, you have autism being represented. So, and then in this book, we've got OCD. And then at the end, you find out that Talia Hibbert has recently been diagnosed with OCD. So that was really interesting. I had no idea. Um, so like, that's what's also great about these books is that she is hitting on underrepresented groups of people in these books. So you've got the chronic pain, you've got the OCD, you've got bisexuality, you've got all these different things and they all influence the book and the ways that the characters act and the difficulties they've gone through. But at the same time, it doesn't stop the book from being enjoyable and being a happy read overall for the most part. So that's what I enjoy most about Talia Hibbert. This book did have her like very quintessential writing style that I can't really explain. I've called it quirky before in the past and I don't really think that's the right word but I can never really think of what it is like what the actual word I'm looking for is now it was very YAified I preferred the adult romance um version of it for sure but you do still have a similar writing style and tone that you're getting in those other books as well um and so I guess let's talk about some of the like Oh, you know what uh, some other good representation was in this book that I have to touch on real quickly? One of Celine's friends she meets at the um, BEP program, her name's Aurora, and she's gluten-free, 
and it was just like such a non-issue she was just like oh i i happen to be gluten free so actually this is what happens so aurora has celiacs which is like when you're like very intensely cannot eat gluten because it really affects you stomach gut all of the intestines, all this different stuff. So she was talking, Aurora was there. They basically bonded over the fact that they were kind of outcast. And Aurora was like, when I was growing up, when I was younger, I was sick all the time because she needed to be gluten-free but didn't know. And so like you have that. And then it's just like not a big deal. And it's actually good representation. And none of the people in this book are like, oh my God, I can't believe we have to get you a gluten-free dessert for your own birthday, which is kind of the way that gluten-free people are represented in basically every other piece of media I've ever read in my life. And so I very much appreciated that. Thank you, Talia Hibbert. Um, you're a real one for that. Okay, so let's talk about some other things. One, Okay, so I want to talk about um, first Celine and Brad as mirrors of each other and then talk about some of the issues I did have with this book. So what I found very, very interesting is how Celine and Brad mirrored each other in certain ways in that like they both at the beginning are like going to law school and Celine still ends up wanting to go to law school at the end, but they're both influenced by their fathers in different ways. Celine and that her father abandoned her and she wants to rub it in his face is going to do the same type of law as her dad and Brad because he loves his dad and doesn't believe in himself it's like I'll just go that same route I'm smart I could just figure it out it'll be fine so I find it really interesting that they were both influenced by their fathers to like go down the law tracks and that they both end up realizing that they shouldn't just do that now Celine still does want to be a lawyer but she's actually gonna now pursue the type of law that is actually interesting to her and would be like meaningful and fulfilling whereas brad is going to go do his english degree um so he can go be a writer um i definitely brad i sympathize with him i was an english major and i was also a political science major as well which like made it a little bit easier when people were asking me these sort of things but like when i was i started out undeclared and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I liked to read. So English sort of made sense for me. And like there, I had, I really liked to write. Although at the time I had never attempted a novel like Brad, but like, I'm not gonna say my parents were unsupportive, but they were definitely like trying to push me towards something that ma had a more direct job path, like business or something like that than doing English. And then once I did declare English, lots of people were just like, you're just trying to be an author or this or that. Are you going to go be a teacher? So also let's destigmatize the English degree because I'm now a very successful, uh, I don't know if I'm very successful, but I'm now a technical writer, which I enjoy a lot and didn't realize was a real job for a long time. So there's actually so much you can do with an English degree, so many different jobs other than become a writer or become a teacher. And I think we should talk about it more because I think there's lots of people who would have enjoyed having an English degree but didn't know that they could get a job like the job that I have or like a job that I used to have. So I think we should talk about that more and I would love to talk about that. Anyways, but so I do think it's interesting that they were mirrors of each other in that way and I enjoyed kind of this idea of high schoolers figuring out what they wanted to do. I did also want to talk about that when I like... Everybody in this program, which I guess kind of makes sense, they were all like very much knew exactly what they wanted to do in a way that felt very unrealistic to me as a former high schooler. And as I think about it, though, like they're all the people who that would apply for this program and get in are like um, people who kind of go above and beyond um, 
the tryhards and the this and that. And those sort of people tend to have or think they have it all figured out. And I'm thinking about people that had that matched that sort of description from high school. And I feel like most of them ended up doing what they said they were going to do. But like thinking about my friends in college, half of us did change majors or came in undecided and then pick something later on. So I don't know if that's super actually relatable to high schoolers. It wasn't relatable to me because as a high schooler, I had no idea what I wanted to do and was very stressed out by the fact that everybody else around me did. So there's that, but that's okay because not every book is going to be a self-insert for me. So that's fine. But let's talk about Celine. So I actually really, I guess first I'll say I actually really liked Brad's character and I think that's because Brad's character was written to be likable in a way that he was like written and people talked about he was just so charming. Everybody liked him. He's very charismatic, but he was also very kind. I'm sure you all knew somebody in high school or college who was very popular, but also very nice. Like, you know, some popular people are mean. We all know it. We all know there were some mean popular people out there, whether they were bullies or just like stuck up or racist or whatever it was. But then there was always one. There was always one who was actually like nice to you and would even talk to you sometimes outside of like having to in class. A wild concept. And Brad is definitely this sort of person in that he listens to people, he cares about them, all this different stuff. Now, Celine, I don't think she like Here's the difficulty is that she was a feral, written to be a feral cat character as I explained earlier on. But for some reason it didn't work for me and I think what it was was that I couldn't um, come to, like the different parts of her personality did not make, they didn't add up to me. So she's supposed to like care very much about like human rights, civil rights, like being, basically being a very, being a liberal, a progressive, whatever you want to call it. However, and like the whole thing about believing in science and vaccines, but her whole thing is that she has a very popular TikTok where she talks about conspiracy theories and she also very much believes in aliens. There's this whole plot point where when her dad like left her family and her and Brad were still really good friends at that point, and she told Brad that she thought her dad was basically, like, either replaced by an alien or, like, taken over by an alien because the what, what he did was, like, not, like, the dad that she knew. And then when Brad... So then the reason why they're enemies, I guess I never explained this, is when they started high school, Brad um, decided to join, like, the football team, the soccer team, and they were popular and Celine, like, came to sit with them and... It was awkward, so she was filling in the silence by talking about conspiracy theories, and then it became more awkward. Then after lunch, Brad was like, next time, could you maybe not do that? And Celine was like, why? And then it kind of devolved from there into, like, them yelling at each other and whatever, and then they became enemies. Um, I think they probably could have worked through it, speaking as somebody who's also gotten, gotten into it with friends and has worked through it, but that's fine. That's fine. If You know what? I've even done it at 14. Whatever. So then Celine, I guess, also kind of thought maybe Brad was replaced by an alien. Like, I think the fact that Celine, like, here's the thing. I don't think believing in aliens is weird because I think it's kind of arrogant and short-sighted to believe that there's nothing else in the entire universe that is alive. Like, there's got to be on another planet something, even if it's just like an amoeba or a fungus or a plant. There's got to be something. Now, whether there's something that's, like, not necessarily humanoid, but, like, 
another creature that ha- talks and you know what I'm talking about like in Star Wars there's all these different like types of uh species I'm trying to th- I guess yeah species or like in Star Trek or whatever like any space thing you know there's always aliens out there and so like maybe there are things like that I'm not necessarily sure if there's but I don't know what I'm saying but I think there's probably some sort of alien life form out there whether it's like an intelligent species like humans or not that's up for debate however believing in aliens and that they're abducting people or replacing them in the way that Celine appears to believe in that in this book is a step too far for me and it was the same thing with conspiracy theories now I think everybody should believe in a conspiracy theory I very strongly believe in one from when I was in high school there was this thing that happened I called it a conspiracy theory. I'm not sure if it really is, but basically, I'll tell you the quick version. There was this fifth grader who showed up to the middle school and threatened a sixth grader with a knife. The sixth grader reported it to his middle school vice principals, who then went to the elementary school to, like, talk with this fifth grader. The principal of the elementary school happened not to be in that day or at that time was in a meeting or, like, wasn't there. And so, you know, basically they ended up like, I don't know if they called the police, they called somebody to like, you know, this kid has a knife and is at the school and all this different stuff. So they're taking care of all of that. Now the principal at the elementary school was very upset about this whole thing because this child was her like, I don't, I don't want to call it like not problem child, but like special, special like a fixer upper child, which I think is not, I shouldn't use that terminology at all, but I can't think of something better. And so she got really mad about it and then basically went to the school board and did some stuff and got both vice principals fired, except I think only one of them ended up being fired. But the whole thing was a conspiracy theory because they were keeping it very hush-hush and I was determined to show that the vice principals were being fired because of this incident and the principal being mad that they went over her head when she wasn't around. So anyways, I do believe in a conspiracy theory. Now, Celine believes in some really, really weird ones that seem to run counterintuitive to science, but she believes in science and I think that's where my issue comes in is that what she believes in just does not add up to me and that so like all the conspiracy stuff then the other thing is like she talked about using her tiktok to like set her apart in both college applications and in like this program and at one point at the end Catherine's like I actually love your tiktok and I just find it very unlikely that this sort of tiktok would be something that colleges and potential jobs would want to see from you So that just didn't seem very realistic to me. Then I guess my other issue is that she was like very mean in a way that a feral cat character usually is, but it just didn't work for me. I don't know. I don't know. By the, I, here's what it is actually. Like she was very controlling and avoidant, which are things Brad calls her out for being and is like, I talked about you with my therapist and my therapist said you were controlling, which is true. If something doesn't go Celine's way, she'll just cut you off, which is what happened with Brad. And then she also is like just very avoidant. Like she doesn't tell her mom for like six months about this whole thing with her dad. And so like I think the issue is that she's a teenager and so I'm frustrated with the very teenage like qualities that she's displaying And maybe if I was a teenager reading this, I would feel differently. I think that's probably true. And that is why YA is for, you know, actual young adults and not for people who have aged out of it. Am I that far removed? 
know compared to some other people that read YA. But I think that like if I was a teenager or if you're a teenager listening or you're getting this book for a teenager, it would work better for them than it did for me. And I think that's just sort of the thing that I found with a lot of YA recently. So yeah, that is, let me see if I had anything else. Oh, I guess the last thing is that almost all the side characters felt very, very secondary to the plot and that I would forget what their names were. Like Brad's best friend's name was Jordan, but at one point I thought maybe that was his brother's name because it just like wasn't very clear. This is very much a story about Brad and Celine. And like there was so much plot surrounding like Celine and her mom, except her mom literally doesn't make an on-page appearance until the very end, I believe. So, like, I would have liked to see more development of, like, their relationships with other characters beyond them existing solely to talk about, so, like, Celine had a best friend who existed mostly for her to talk about Brad, and Brad's best friend existed mostly for her to talk about Celine, and then their families existed for actually important, like, reasons of, like, you know, their, like, futures and, like, past and stuff like that, but, like, everybody else went very secondary in a lot of ways, um, So, I don't know, like, I liked the BEP people, so I don't know if it's, like, needed to be different amounts or different conversations, but they did feel kind of secondary as well, which is fine. It was mostly about Brad and Selene, and they, you get both of their perspectives in this book, and it's a fairly short book. It's just, um, let's see, 315 pages, so it's not very long at all. So, I think that's everything I have to say about it. Like I said, if you are a fan of Talia Hibbert and you just want to support her, I think that, yeah, this book was good. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was, like, pretty average, I think, overall. I did, I had some conflicting feelings, but overall, it was a pretty positive reading experience. Um, If you're a, a young adult, I think that this is actually a good one to pick up because it has great representation in it, and it's very different, so that's kind of fun as well. And it had a fun premise of, like, them going camping. It was kind of fun. Um, however, if you've had difficulty with YA, this is not one I think I would recommend for you. There's other better ones, or you just leave the genre in the past, which is something that as I get older and older is more and more of what I'll probably be doing. I really hope Talia Hibbert goes back to the young, or to the adult romance genre, because I think she really just shown there in a way that this doesn't feel like a standout YA to me. So with that, let's launch ourselves into the end um please rate review and subscribe to this podcast on apple podcast spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast if you're able to it'll help other people find this podcast and it would mean the world to me feel free to follow me on instagram at i read a book once blog i don't post there currently but you could dm me if you want to talk about this book this podcast or this episode you can also email me at i read a book once blog at gmail.com and we can talk about it that way as well Next week, I'm going to be talking about The Reunion by Kayla Olson. It's an adult romance novel about basically a TV show that's getting a revival. And the two main characters of it, like the actors, they they end up dating. But like, I feel like there's some other stuff going on. I don't know. I haven't started it yet, but I'm excited. That was my January book of the month pick. I'm recording this on January 28th. So I'm just now finally getting to it. Um, And with that, this was I read a book... And with that, my name is Emma, this was I Read a Book Once, and I'll catch you guys next time.